So our communion table this morning has been transformed a little bit. It looks a little bit more like uh, a table or a display that you might see in a museum. Because oftentimes when you go to a museum, what you see, what you look for, what you look at are relics. So I've got three books here, and I'll let you decide whether or not these have become relics in our lives today. The first is an American Heritage Dictionary, which I think I received early in my high school days from my parents. And I have a, a little proof that I actually did use it because part of the lettering is, is worn off on the side. So at one time, this dictionary was a very valuable reference. Can any of you remember the last time you looked up a word in a dictionary like this? No, I don't think so, right? It's been a long time. We can do that very easily online, so there's no need. Uh, yeah, you got the, the phone there. That's the, the quickest and easiest way to do it. So this poor thing has become a relic. All right, we don't really need one. We might still have one on our shelf, and on rare occasions when we're separated from our phone or our computer or our tablet, we may grab this, but it's probably unlikely. Besides, it's a whole lot easier to do online, right? The second item is even rarer, okay? And I know that most of us are of the age that we have looked in these at least once. Erica, maybe I'm not sure if you've ever had one of these or not. It's called an encyclopedia, okay? This is, um, and I want to be careful how I say this because I'm in church, Funk and Wagnalls. Um, you probably remember on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In how they would always say, look that up in your Funk and Wagnalls, right? So we remember that. I'm not sure why, but I think there was a grocery store a number of years ago that was giving points away or through your purchases, and you could, you could save up and get a, an encyclopedia set. Well, back then, 25, 30 years ago, before the Internet, it was vital that you, but especially your children, had a place to look up information, a reference point, okay? So this was at one time vital, and in fact, there were many people who went door-to-door -door selling Encyclopedia Britannica or... Comptons or something like that, right? That position obviously is extinct. We no longer have that. I don't think any of us remember the last time we looked something up in an encyclopedia. Now the third item, well that's a little bit different, right? This of course is the Holy Bible. And most of us, surprisingly, even though this is much older than the other two, most of us still refer to this much more often than we use either of these. Although I admit I still look up scripture online. It's a little easier to find sometimes. But I still use the book. And I know that most, probably all of you still use this book. So how is it that the oldest of these relics, and maybe this is really no relic at all, but how is it that this book still has relevance and these two, at least in the form that they're in, really don't have much use these days. Could it have something to do with the truth, with the trust, with the honor, with the integrity that stands up here? Which is not to say that these two don't. But things change, right? So this encyclopedia, valuable 25, 30 years ago, probably pretty much out of date. There's a lot of things in there, a lot of information that has changed and is no longer relevant. Dictionary probably still has a lot of words, obviously, that we still use. However, there are words that fall out of the lexicon. So it's kind of interesting that every year, 
Webster's or American Heritage or whatever, they come up with a list of new words, new words that came into the lexicon in, in the current year. So we're just over the halfway point in 2020. We don't need to think or imagine what some of the new words are, right, that will be added to the dictionary. Of course, with the online version, they're already in there, but I'm sure coronavirus will be in there and uh, COVID-19 and social distancing. Uh, these are some words that are probably already in the online version, right, because of what we've, we've experienced. There's another word that I was not aware of, and most of you are smarter than I am, so you probably have heard it, but there's a word that I had not been aware of that sort of just came into the lexicon. It's called truthiness. Truthiness. Now, that was not familiar to me. Have any of you heard of that, truthiness? Okay. Well, here's what it means. Seemingly truthful quality, not supported by facts or evidence. Hmm. Seems like there's a lot of truthiness out there these days, right? People can say anything they want. They can even publish anything that they want online. And then we get really, really confused. There's an article in the Daily Record this morning about the coronavirus and what's true and what's not and what are we to believe and what should we not believe and you know we're still this is this is still developing it's a developing story as they say so we have to be concerned about the truth but also this new concept of truthiness right what uh, are you are you giving me the straight story is this is this accurate how, how do i know whether or not i should believe anything in this book or this book, or even this book, right? Belief in this book, while a lot of it makes sense to us, and I'm holding the Bible, by the way, for those who are outside, belief in, in this book is a matter of choice. It's a conscious decision that we make to say that, yes, Lord, I'm going to accept and I'm going to believe and embrace your holy word. It means so much to me. But it doesn't really end there because the Holy Spirit kind of meets us in the middle and says, okay, you've made the decision that you're going to follow the Word of God. You don't have to do it by yourself. You can join with others. We have Sunday school, Bible study, weekly worship services, and great visions of things that can be restored and renewed in this church in the months and years ahead. Many, many things that we can do to give people an opportunity to access the Word of God. And so, when we make that leap, that leap of faith, so to speak, and say, you know what? I don't completely understand everything that's in here. Not everything makes sense to me, but I want to pursue it in earnest, with integrity, with honor, and with trust. That is the commitment that I make. And then at that point, we are met halfway. And then, each time we study it, we learn more and more. And our eyes are opened, and we are enlightened further to the Word of God. Even those of you that have been studying this book for 50, 60 70, 80 years, perhaps even more. There's always something new. There's always something different. So we talked about the new words that are added to the lexicon every year, right? It's kind of fun to see what they are. But here's my concern. 
What about some words that might fall out of the lexicon? Things that we no longer say, we no, no longer use. Um, uh, I, I can't think of anything offhand. My dad was an accountant, and he always had this big, huge adding machine. That's what it was called. Uh, there's obviously still versions of that, and of course, much on a much smaller level, a, a calculator. But most people don't use an adding machine any longer. But my concern runs deeper than that. Not just words, but concepts and fundamentals. And I have these four words up here today. And for those of you outside, I'll mention them again so that all are aware. Could these four words one day fall out of the lexicon? Could the word truth no longer have meaning or relevance? What about honor? Well, that's such a great word, to honor one another, to honor God. Are we still doing that? Have we lost sight of what that word, what that concept means? How about integrity? You know, my favorite, you probably have heard this, my favorite line about integrity is, if you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. So integrity is critical to who we are as people and to who we are as disciples. And finally, of course, a word that's very close to the word truth, uh, I'm sorry, close to the word truth is trust. So we ask the question in the sermon title today, whom do you trust? Whom do you trust? Johnny Carson, the famous host of The Tonight Show for many years, that was his first break in, in television. He hosted, a, he hosted a television show. It was actually called Who Do You Trust? But grammatically, it should be Whom Do You Trust? Ask yourself that question right now. Whom do you trust? When you come before the cross, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you think? What goes through you? Do you ever take an opportunity to kneel before the cross? I had the great privilege of being here, not these past few weeks, or the past week because I had a course of study, but to be able to come into the sanctuary four or five days a week and to kneel before the cross. And sometimes I pray, sometimes I just kneel. We have that opportunity to affirm whom we trust. And then by extension, as believers, as disciples, can we still trust one another? Where is our honor? Where is our integrity? Because there's plenty of temptation out there. Plenty of opportunities to shade the truth. To be deceitful. To cover things up. And we've probably all been in a compromising situation at one time or another. And we've probably all at one time or another told that little white lie. Or maybe it went even a little bit deeper. We got ourselves into a big mess. But, you know, there was always that opportunity then to to come before the cross again. And to get down on our knees. And to ask for forgiveness. Now, in the logical way of thinking, that shouldn't work. We shouldn't be able to just come in on our knees and say, Lord, forgive me, I have sinned against you. Would you please, would you please forgive me? Would you show your grace and mercy? But in this sacred sanctuary, 
or anywhere else in your home, when we come before the cross, it works. And it works immediately. Even at the last moment, the thief on the cross who turned to Jesus, both of them, the very life escaping their body, and the one asking, Lord, would you forgive me? And Jesus says, today I tell you the truth, you will be in my Father's kingdom. (laughs) That's a miracle, isn't it? I mean, I don't know much about that guy on the cross, but probably didn't lead a great life. But he had trust at the last possible moment. So today I want to reinforce the importance of, of what you already know. The importance of truth. The importance of trust. The importance of honor. And the importance of integrity. I know you already get that. But what about those who don't? And I don't mean to say that in a judgmental way. But what about those who are not with us here this morning? Who have no clue what the truth is? Who don't care about the truth? I'll tell you whatever's convenient at the time. We've got an uphill battle. We've got a real challenge on our hands. But we also have an opportunity. Regardless of our age, however tired or weak that we might feel this morning, we have an opportunity to not become a relic to not become irrelevant but to be alive alive in the word of God each and every day I believe that you're already there but that's only half the journey now we need to reach out to others almost desperately to share the truth and the importance of being honorable, the importance of integrity. I'm excited, as I've said on many occasions, about our youth movement and where that young lady over there is going to take us. But you know, you can all jump in too. Each of us has a role in preserving and maintaining the importance of the one, the most important truth that we all know. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we live in a society that has lost sight of the value of truth and honor, integrity and trust. Instead, these principles have given way to deceit, dishonor, debauchery, disgrace. Give us the strength and the courage to stand up for what is right, to rescue the dying culture, and to bring the light of your life into this world once again. This we pray, now and forever. Amen.